A church member remarked almost wistfully last week that he wondered if anything could bring people together the way the Giants winning the World Series did. Certainly there were the regrettable and inexplicable incidents of vandalism, but overall it was a love fest with hundreds of thousands, maybe even a million fans, all feeling good about the same thing. Maybe the poet Walt Whitman was onto something when he said that baseball would repair our losses and be a blessing to us. Not something I've ever heard anyone say about politics. No wonder as we close in on election day that people look with longing at the camaraderie of baseball. The exchanges at the beginning of the 12th chapter of Mark, before our verses this morning, sound uncomfortably familiar to anyone paying attention to the campaigns. The people who have decided to oppose Jesus take to questioning him, debating him, even trying to trap him. Jesus makes an opening statement, a parable about the vineyard owner who sends his son to collect the rent, but the tenants uh, kill the son, and so the owner boots out the tenants and gives the vineyard to some new folks. The religious leaders figure out that Jesus is talking about them. So they start asking the kinds of questions that no matter how you answer, you'll offend someone. They ask whether it's right to pay taxes to Caesar. They ask about a hypothetical woman who was married to seven men in succession and after the last one died, she died. And the question is, at the end of all things, which one is her husband? Questions about taxes, about marriage, about whom a woman has to answer to, some things don't change, right? (laughs) Jesus is pretty nimble at avoiding the traps. And then a scribe steps from the crowd and asks Jesus what the greatest commandment is. Jesus answers, love God completely and love your neighbor as yourself. Now everyone would have expected the first part of his answer, loving God. They may not have expected the second part, loving neighbor, but it wasn't new. It's in Leviticus. What's new and surprising is the way Jesus connects the second part to the first part in a way that means these two laws really can't be separated. They can't really be understood apart from each other. You can't love God, in other words, apart from loving each other. The scribe says, you're right. And we might be thinking, well, yeah, Jesus is right. But the scribe brings a different spirit to what has been a nasty attempt to trap Jesus, and that changes the day. Jesus tells him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Not far from the kingdom. This moment provides perhaps one of the best insights we have into what scripture is talking about when it uses the phrase, the kingdom of God. The scribe is not far from the kingdom of God, not because he gave the right answer. This isn't about being the smartest kid in the class here but because the scribe understands this link between the two laws, that the only way truly to love God is to love other people. The scribe gets it, that we can't love God alone. Why? Because loving others is a life that creates justice and freedom and peace for all. 
It is a life that is truly life, the best life, the life that God, who loves us like a parent, wants for every one of us. It is life in the kingdom of God. Not after we die, but now. The kingdom of God is not a place or time in the future, but the relationship we have with God through our relationship with other people now. Today we observe All Saints Day, which is November 1st, but we celebrate it on the first Sunday in November. In the Protestant church, a saint is not someone who has performed miracles or lived an exceptionally holy life or even someone who is dead. In scripture, the saints were common folk committed to the Christian faith, committed to living now in the kingdom of God. The Apostle Paul commonly addresses his letters to the saints, to the ordinary people in Christian communities. So while we take time today to remember in particular those saints who have been called home to God, we are remembering today all the saints, dead or living, including us. We are the saints. You might be uncomfortable with that title. I'm no saint, you might protest. Frederick Beekner writes, I receive maybe three or four hundred letters a year from strangers who tell me that the books I have spent the better part of my life writing have one way or another saved their lives, in some cases, literally. I'm deeply embarrassed by such letters. I think if they only knew that I am a person more often than not just as lost in the woods as they are, just as full of darkness, in just as desperate need, I think if I only knew how to save my own life, they write to me as if I am a saint, and I wonder how I can clear to, make clear to them how wrong they are. But what I am beginning to discover is that, in spite of all that, there is a sense in which they are also right. In my books, and sometimes even in real life, I have it in me to be, at my best to be a saint to other people. And by saint, I mean life-giver, someone who is able to bear to others something of the Holy Spirit, whom the creeds describe as the Lord and giver of life. Sometimes by the grace of God, I have it in me to be Christ to other people. And so, of course, have we all. The life-giving, life-saving, and healing power to be saints, to be Christ, maybe even at rare moments, even to ourselves. We all have the life-giving, life-saving, healing power to be saints. Besides celebrating All Saints today, we start Together We Serve Week. If you're new to our congregation, you may not know that Together We Serve is our congregation's motto, started by one of our dear departed saints, Johnny Holm, who signed all his church correspondence that way. It stuck because it expressed our commitment to loving God by loving and serving our neighbors, and because it continues to remind us of what we strive to do and to be. Not to earn sainthood, or even to earn God's love, because God has already given us that, but in response to what God has done in and through us and for us. We try to live this motto all year long, but around the anniversary of our congregation in November, 
we celebrate this year with a week's worth of hands-on local projects. So this year, we'll serve together at the Marin Food Bank with families at Homeward Bound by knitting warm scarves and caps for our shelter guests and the other projects on the inside cover of your bulletins. It is what some people would call kim kingdom work. Kingdom work might best be explained through the notion that Walt Davis mentioned last week during his moment for mission, which I first heard through this little story. An anthropologist proposed a game to children in an African tribe. He put a basket near a tree and told the kids that the first one to reach the basket would win all the fruit in the basket. When he said, go, they all took each other's hands and ran together, and then sat down under the tree enjoying the fruit together. The anthropologist asked them why they ran like that. One of them could have been the big winner. The children said, Ubuntu, how can one of us be happy if all the others are sad? Ubuntu, as Walt Davis explained, is the philosophy that is best summed up, I am because we are. Ubuntu, not far from the kingdom of God. You have to wonder, if some biblical scholar with an ironic sense of humor selected Psalm 146 as the lectionary psalm for the Sunday before the elections, do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help, it says. The Mark passage reminds us, the saints of God, that the only power that is proven to be permanent is the power of love. While we saints may and often do disagree on the means, we can't afford to disagree on this primary affirmation of Scripture, that loving God means loving one another, loving all our neighbors, including and especially the most vulnerable of our neighbors. The affirmation that I am because we are. There is no one way to love and serve our neighbors, but we'd better make sure that is what we're really doing. We are not far now, because together we serve. At the food bank, knitting caps in our families, in our jobs, in our church, in our schools, and yes, fellow saints of San Anselmo, in the voting booth. May it be so for you and for me.